Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. You ready to go? Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that as we hear the word of God today, that it will enlighten our hearts and our minds, give us strength to do what you've called us to do, and give us victory in all that we put our hands to. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it ahead of time. And all agreed said? Amen. Amen. So we're talking about a series called Devotions of the Heart. Interesting topic, interesting title, Devotions of the Heart, because God wants our heart. Did you know that? He wants us to give our whole heart to him, our whole strength, our whole mind, all of our strength. He wants it. He doesn't want us just to give the devotions like, okay, I read my 10 minutes. I read my 15 minutes, Lord. I hope you're happy. And then leave. <laughs> you ever been there before? Nobody in this church. Okay, praise God. <laughs> you, can, you can read 10 minutes, but he wants us to open our hearts so that we can receive what he wants to speak to us so that it can change our lives. We can carry it with us wherever we go and make a difference in the life of those that are around us. Did you know that? Praise the Lord. That's what devotions are. It's from our heart to his heart and back to us. It's a two-way conversation, two-way uh, uh, relationship that we have with him. So we learned from Abraham. We're going to do a little review. How many of you like reviews? Okay, good. It's a review for those that were here last week, but those of you that are new, it's something new that you can learn from. So some of the characteristics of devotions are uh, these seven things. We learned from, from last week that Abraham's devotion time, it's a place where God appears to you and talks to you. Isn't that good news? The God of all creation, the God that made the whole world says, I want to spend time with you. And he's, the Bible says he's jealous over us. He wants our time. He wants our devotion. He wants our attention. Amen? My wife wants my attention. Don't, don't be walking around the house. Sit down. Let me see your eyeball. Eyeball to eyeball. Let's talk about this. <laughs> Can anybody relate? <laughs> Amen. When you're in class, right, the teacher wants your attention, right? You can't be playing on your iPhone. You can't be just goofing off. You have to be like, I want your attention. And so God wants to make a time with, with you. And if you make a time with you, you set a, an appointment, he will come and visit you. He will. It may not be the first day or the second day, but he will come. And then when he comes, he'll talk to you and tell you things that you know not of. Amen. <laughs> he, he'll tell you secrets about what's going on. Everybody likes secrets, don't they? Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Praise the Lord. Everybody wants secrets, right? Come here. Come here. Come here. All right. Praise the Lord. Huh? You can hear us? You, you got in on our secret? What did I say? No. He didn't hear me. You didn't hear me? She did. Okay, she caught the secret. So you have to tell the husband what the Lord is saying. Praise God. <laughs> but don't you want to know what I told It's a secret between me and Gina and hopefully Rudy. Don't you want God to tell you secrets that are going to happen? The secret is we're having pizza today, okay? 
So he's going to be first in line to get the pizza. God wants to whisper you secrets. Marianne was petitioning the Lord for something last week, and she was concerned about it. She was praying over and over again, and the Lord just whispered to you, whispered to her, everything's going to be all right. Relax. And when God said that, you can relax. He tells you things to come. Praise God. Has God ever whispered to you? Has God ever spoken things quietly and gently to you? And when he does, it's, it's not always an audible voice like, well, my child. <laughs> it's, it's more like a soft voice, like when you read the Bible to yourself and you hear that voice on the inside. That's the voice that you hear when God talks to you. Praise the Lord. So most times it's a, a still, small voice. The second thing is you have to make your own devotions. Huh? You can't have any, everybody else pray for you and you not pray. Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. Are, are you praying? <laughs> Amen. I sent my prayer out to all the prayer chains. You know, all the national uh, committees are praying. But are you praying? God wants to hear it out of your voice. And the Bible says when you cry out to him, he hears you. And he delivers you from all your afflictions. Isn't that nice? He wants to hear you cry. He wants to hear your voice. And then thirdly, your devotions move with you. Isn't that, isn't that right? You don't just do your morning devotions and go on your day and just leave God behind. You have to take him with you. What he's impressed upon you in your heart, you use for your daily life. And you will minister to others because he's ministered to you. Fourth thing, it's a place where you call upon the name of the Lord. I call upon his name. What does that mean? Whatever his name is, that's what he'll do. He said, I'm Jehovah Jireh, your provider. I'm Jehovah Rapha, your healer. I'm Jehovah Sick Canoe, your righteousness. He is Jehovah Nisi, our banner over us for love. So when you are in trouble and you call upon the name of the Lord, he does what he said he'll do because that's his name. When you call for a plumber, you expect a plumber to plumb, right? <laughs> I don't care if they smell good or not. I, I want him to plumb. And, and if you call for a carpenter, you want him to do some carpentry work. Is that not right? Well, when God says, this is my name, this is what I do, when you call upon him, you're putting him to the task. You're saying, Lord, you said you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I'm believing, Lord God, that you're going to do what you said you're going to do. He said, that's right, my child. That's who I am, and that's what I'll do for you. Praise God. Woo, getting excited now here about this. See, you, you, you can't just look at this Bible and just be so passive and go like, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that nice? No, you've got to call it out. You've got to shout like when you're shouting down the walls of Jericho, right? They didn't say, come on down, walls. Come. <laughs> they shouted. Yeah. Amen. When I pray for pain, I don't say pain, leave. I go, pain, go, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, the fifth thing is you got to remember your first love. Isn't that true? How you, when you first got saved, how much you loved the Lord, how much he touched your heart, and he made a difference in your life. You just want to tell everybody about him. Oh, man, I just met the Lord. Oh, have you met the Lord? He is so wonderful. He's so great. You tell him about him, you know? And so a lot of times when I do marriage counseling, I have to remind people why they got married. Do you remember how much you were in love with this guy? <laughs> Now he's a bum. Well, how could that be? <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Remember how sweet this girl used to be? Okay, what do you mean? She's not sweet anymore? All under your leadership? What's going on here? Okay, so we have to remember why we fell in love. And I have to remind myself, my wife and I have to remind ourselves. And so this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we're going to uh, San, uh, San Juan Capistrano and um, Laguna Niguel and, uh, and Carlsbad just to kind of frolic around like young honeymoon couple, young people. Kind of like this picture right here. Here, here. Oh. Amen. Notice, you see how close we are to each other? I mean, we could not get apart. So we're going to go and get close together again in, uh, in Carlsbad. But we'll be back for church. Praise. We're going to hold hands and walk along the shore. <laughs> Do some window shopping. I like window shopping, okay? I don't like it when we go in. <laughs> I like to shop from the window, right? <laughs> There's a trolley there. We're going to get on the trolley. And thank God we don't have to, you know, get up. We can still jump on the trolley. And then we're going to go to the Ritz-Carlton and Laguna Niguel. And I'm, we're going to pretend like we're rich, okay? That's right. Just look around. and walk. Oh, yeah, this is what heaven's going to be like. Praise the Lord. Amen? All right, let's go back to the... Get out of that thing. Okay. So then sixth thing is God gives to you and makes you what you couldn't make of yourself. Isn't that nice? Jesus told his disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You don't know how to do it your own self, but God will give you the tools and the instruments to do it and he'll make you what you're supposed to be. Sometimes I look back in my life and go, how did I get here? God made it, arranged it, and, and made the circumstances to where I could get to where I'm supposed to be. And only he could have done it because I couldn't have thought it out my own self. But we can rest and relax in that. We got students here from Florida and... Chicago, following the leading of the Lord, following the Lord to, to take them places. They have a desire, they have a gift, and they believe in God. They're walking in faith. They're like little Abrahams and Sarahs going on to do the Lord's work. Praise God. And the last thing, you ready for this? It's a place where you die to self. Ooh, who wants to do that? The best thing you can do as a Christian is bang, bang, you're dead. That's... <laughs> Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. And so we have to deny ourselves of the things that we love. Abraham, God said, Abraham, sacrifice your son, your only son whom you love. There's some things that we have to sacrifice. TV, uh, shopping, eating out, all these things, T uh, sports. Okay, got to watch the game, three hours of the game. Don't miss a pitch, praise the Lord. God said, uh, can we... Talk a little bit here. So we have to deny ourselves of these things. Praise the Lord. Okay, that's our review. So if you haven't done those things, write them down. Take a picture. Laura's already got her picture taken, so we're going to go to the next one. So today we're going to learn from a guy named Gideon. You ever heard of Gideon? Gideon, what is he known for? Known for being a scaredy cat. Huh? He, he's a scaredy cat. But, the original 300. Yes. <laughs> but we learn in our devotion time to get rid of that because our devotion time is our alone time with God. It's, all, it's our all by ourselves with Him. 
It's our conversation that we have with God every day. It's something that you can't have someone else do for you. You're the only one that can do it. And I was listening to this sermon by uh, Pastor Scott. It was called, Be Still and Know That I Am God. And that's our problem. We can't be still. We, we got the heebie-jeebies. You know, we got to, I got to do this, and I got to do that, and don't you know? And so I, I, I say that we all have adult ADD. Did you know that? <laughs> Kids have it, and they give them medication, but there's nothing you can give an adult. I mean, we just, you know, you, you sit down to do your devotions. I don't know if you're like, the, like me, but you think, I got to check that email, or I got to check that phone call, or I got to check, you know, is the garbage out? What's, what's, is a... Did I, did I water the lawn? What? There's so many things that go by your brain. You have to be still and know that I am God. So your devotion time, it doesn't happen accidentally, but it happens purposefully and because you make a decision to spend time with God. When you're in trouble, you, there's no problem getting close to God. You know? when, you, when you have something that's bothering you and you want to you know, petition the Lord, boy, everything but gets pushed aside. Okay, Lord, I need to spend time with you. But why wait until that time? Why not you know, be ahead of the game and have a relationship with him? Because when you have a relationship with him and people ask you to pray for them, you don't have to go through a big ritual and say, okay, God, uh, here I am. <laughs> Remember me? No, it's like God helped that person and God has already heard your prayer and you're able to make petition for them so we want to look at Gideon he was like us he was insecure he felt inadequate unsure of himself and questioned and doubted whether God could use him because his because of his past failures but God wanted to raise him up and give him a mission and the mission was the children of Israel, they had 40 years of peace. Isn't that nice? 40 years of peace. But then they started worshiping idols. And guess what happened? The, the uh, conviction of the Lord or the judgment of the Lord came upon them. And for seven years, they were tormented. The Midianites, the nomads came from the east and they destroyed their crops. They destroyed their cattle, their sheep, and, and their uh, whatever else they had, goats. And, and they just left the whole land desolate. So they were crying out to the Lord, Lord, help us, Lord, oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. And so God used Gideon. But Gideon, he was so afraid that he would thresh the wheat, not in the outside where people could see, but in the wine press down below in the basement, because he was like trying to uh, get some wheat before the Midianites came and he would eat it. So he, he was like a, 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 a scaredy cat. <laughs> and... Uh, so, but let's see what God does. God comes to him. The angel of the Lord appears to him and says to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. What? He's down below hiding from the Midianites, and God says, You're a mighty man of valor. Do you know that God knows who you are before you become who you are? He wants to gift you. And what, you know why? Because the people of, of Israel were crying out to the Lord, and the Lord moved upon Gideon as a deliverer and as a commander and as someone that was going to lead the children of Israel into victory. Do you know there's people that are crying out to the Lord, and God wants to use you to help them in what they're doing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know for a fact that God was preparing me for, for things that I came into, like for one, for one uh, instance... I used to work at the Huntington Beach Free Clinic, if you can believe that, before I got saved. And we got them out of $130,000 debt in one year. 
So then when I got saved and I went into church life, I cried out to the Lord, Lord, I want to be used of you. Lord, use me. And so I finally got a job at a church, and I went in, and I looked at the books, and they were $120,000 in debt. I went, ain't nothing but a thing. <laughs> I've seen it happen in the world. I'm sure with God's help, we can do it. And sure enough, within one year, we got rid of that whole $120,000 debt. He was preparing me already before I even knew that I was going to be you. So he's preparing you. Praise the Lord. I heard this story. This guy was uh, uh, believing God when he first started in ministry for $50 for some shoes. He was a minister, and he kept wearing the same shoes over and over again. And you know what happens? You get holes in your shoes. And so he had holes in his shoes. And it's kind of bad when you walk across wet uh, grounds because it gets in your socks and everything. And so he was believing God for $50 for shoes. And somebody came and gave him $50. And he just rejoiced. Oh, thank you, Lord. God, you're so good. And the Lord told him, give that $50 to this minister that's coming. He's believing for some brown shoes. The Lord said, well, I'll help him believe him, believe you for the money. He said, no, I want you to give him the $50. He said, I, I believed you for this. You want me to give it away? He said, yes, give it away. So he went to the man, and he wanted to make sure it was the right. He heard from the Lord. He says, are you believing for some brown shoes? He goes, he called his wife. You got to hear what this man says. He was asking me if I believe for some brown shoes. I had just prayed with my wife to get us some brown shoes. So thank you so much for this $50. Praise God. Now that man began to receive shoes upon shoes, abundance of shoes. He said he had so many shoes he didn't know what to do with. He got all kinds of shoes, nice shoes, loafer shoes, alligator kinds of shoes. People would come up and say, buy, here, here, go to the store and buy any kind of shoe you want, and I'll give it to you. Because God knows that when you do what he's called you to do, he's going to bless you for it. Amen? I can remember when I was a young minister, and somebody came into my office and gave me a brand new pair of shoes. I said, well... Brother, how did you know I, I needed shoes? He says, well, I saw you on the altar, and when you were kneeling down, <laughs> I could see the backs of your shoes, and they, they had holes in them. I go, okay, the jig is up. You got me. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> I got me some shoes. Praise the Lord. He says, I, I wouldn't let my pastor have holes in their shoes. Praise the Lord. So, uh, so, so the Lord came, let me see this next, next verse. He comes and he, he kind of scares Gideon because he was eating, you know, forbidden food or hidden food. You ever sneak something and people come up behind you and they go, hey, uh, and you go, what, 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 what? <laughs> You're eating my candy. Oh, oh yeah, I was just... It looked bad. I was just testing it to see if it was okay, right? <laughs> so Gideon was a scaredy cat. Not only was he a scaredy cat, he was a defeatist and a pessimist. You ever meet somebody like that? Oh, nothing's going my way. I'm so depressed. Nothing's working. It's no use serving God. God doesn't hear me. Get a grip. Some people say life is just a bowl of cherries, and some people say it's the pits. <laughs> So uh, Gideon was pessimistic, and here's what he said. 
If the Lord is with us, when then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers have told about us? I think the next scripture is as well. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? What, what, is, what is the might of yours? It's the might that Jesus spoke, or the Lord spoke to him. That word that he spoke to him, that's your might, that's your power, that's your strength. That's the Spirit of the Lord going to carry you in what he has promised and what he has planned for you to do with someone else. Amen? And then here, but here, here's, here's Gideon's answer. But Gideon said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. He, pretty, pretty down guy, huh? It's like a football coach coming to you and saying, okay, son, I want you to get in there. The game's on the line. And you say to the coach, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the, the weakest on this team. I'm the little, littlest of this team. What can I do? And the coach says, I've given you a plan. We've got a plan. If you just do it, you're, we're going to be victorious. Praise the Lord. It's like going into a, a, a fight, and the, the manager tells you, okay, this is a rigged fight, okay? Uh, he's going to go down in the second round. Just dance around a little bit, look good. And then, and then, when you throw the punch, he's going down. And you say, what? How, how could that be? It's rigged, okay? It, it, there's no problem. It's going to happen. That's just the way it's going to happen. And so God's saying, it's rigged. I'm with you. I'm going to be with you. Isn't that good news? All right. So do we have any scaredy cats out here? A any people that are afraid to do things that God's called them to do? You don't have to raise your hand. Okay. <laughs> For instance, we have Adventures in Faith gift cards, right? Cards to give out to people. And we're supposed to hand these cards out to the marketplace, on our jobs, and everywhere we go. And we've been doing a pretty good job, but some people think, maybe I need God himself to tell me that I'm supposed to do this, right? What, what, what do I need? What do I need? Do you, what do you need? Do you need God himself to speak from heaven? Andrew. Andrew. Whoa, whoa, who, who is that? Who's there? Yes, Andrew, that is your name, right? Who, who are you? Who, who is this? I Where are you? I have to tell you that I am with you, oh, mighty man. Mighty man of valor, me? Oh, no, no, you, you got the wrong guy. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to pass by through here incognito, you know what I mean? Hello? Hello? What? I'm sorry. What was that? You get really bad. What? Move to the right? Yes, try that. Hello? Oh, that's much better. Oh, I can hear you now. No, you must go into the mighty Lord and pass out these cards to the multitudes. You want me to what? Pass the cards out? I can't do that. I, 
I, I listen. I don't think it's a good idea. I, I can. I, I'm, I'm the least in my father's house. I'm the least in my generation. I'm. I'm really not gonna. I, I can't. They, I'm, I'll go out there and they're gonna make fun of me. They're gonna call me names. They're gonna probably beat me up or something. I don't know. I, I just can't do it. I'm, can't you get someone else? And you will have great. I will have great success. You with me? <sighs> And against you in this venture. The Spirit of the Lord will clothe you in his presence, and you will be victorious. Very victorious. Wait, 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 wait. Can we. Do you still do the fleece thing? Can, can we do that this time, please? <laughs> no, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> you must go in my strength. Uh, all right. All right, I'll go in the strength of the Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, I've overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of my testimony, testimony, and I can leap tall buildings in a single bound and... Wait, wait, wait. Can I do that? No. Okay, yeah, that's no, what I thought. can't do that. That's only Superman. Okay, okay, wrong script. Okay, okay. All right. All right, in Jesus' name I go. I can do this. Woo! Amen. Go Gideon! <laughs> well, that was just a little skit, but how true it is sometimes when the Lord asks you to do something. You know, maybe sometimes just go forgive someone or be, uh, make peace with a relative that has offended you. I can't do that, Lord. You know, I, why me? You know, God wants to use you to minister to people. I had to apologize to this guy that I played basketball with, and uh, I kind of had to confront him on the court because he was just being a loud mouth and so I just told him in so, un in so many uncertain terms <laughs> that he needed just to cush, be quiet, stop, <laughs> a little bit more uh, forceful than that. So, so I, I, after the next day I felt kind of convicted. I said, oh, you know, probably should have been a little more diplomatic, so I called him and I apologized to him. I, I texted him, and I was waiting for him to call back and say, yeah, you're right, you know, I, I apologize too for the jerk that I was, and, uh, but he didn't call me back. I said, okay. <laughs> That's okay. I did what I was supposed to do. Right. Amen? All right. Okay, as we wrap up, let's, let's see the lessons that we've learned from this story. Um, okay, we did that. We did it. We'll, we'll, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Let's see where we get to. All right. This, this is the army that Gideon was facing. There was 135,000 men coming against you. Guess how many Gideon had? 300. 300 against 135,000. How do you think it went? <laughs> uh, well, praise the Lord. We know Gideon won. So here's the things that I want to... Uh, what we've learned from this. God will tell you who you are before you are what you're supposed to be. The Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Isn't that nice? That we're made for a purpose. We're parts of his creation. We're not loose parts. We're parts of things that he's already planned for us to be before we even got to this point. So, so don't give up. The second thing is, don't look at your present circumstances, and this will be at the end. Don't look at your present circumstance as if it's being God's ultimate will for your life. Maybe you've been failing until you got to this point, but guess what? 
His mercies are new every morning. Every day, he's saying, okay, now you're ready to get with the program? I'm going to take everything that you've been through, all your losses, all your failures, all your successes, and I'm going to make something out of it for you. Isn't that good news? Amen. So no matter how bad you failed, that's not your ultimate plan or will for his life. Secondly, or thirdly, God's favor will equip you. It's not you by yourself. It's God with you. Have you ever seen these infomercials <laughs> that they say that you can only buy this exclusive offer through us? You ever, you ever seen those commercials? Can't buy it at a store, can't buy it online, only through us. That's what the world would like to tell us. But let me ask you, where do you buy joy? Where do you buy peace? Where do you buy strength that goes beyond your natural strength? Where do you buy these things? Where do you buy wisdom that goes beyond what you can learn in school or in textbooks or in sight studies? Where, where do you learn wisdom? How do you find wisdom to do what you don't know what to do? How do you find insight in how to reach your fellow worker, your fellow student? What do you do when you don't know how to solve life's problems? Where, what wisdom do you dwell in? When do you uh, don't know what to do with your car situation or your work situation? Or how do you minister to your husband? How do you minister to your wife? How do you minister to your children? How do you minister to your dog? <laughs> Amen. Dog, what's the matter with you? <laughs> God will give you insight. But we have to go to God for these answers. But unless we have devotions from the heart, we can't receive what God has planned for us to give us wisdom, to give us joy, give us deliverance, give us healing. Answers and solutions to all of our problems. Praise God. Fourth thing is, we have to tear down the old things of your life. It's hard for God to bless us if we still have our old idols, our old ways of working and thinking. Amen? God wants to use you, but you still got your one foot in the world trying to drag it along with you. The Bible says, and Paul said, I must die how often? Daily. Not weekly, not monthly, not occasionally. Not when I feel like it, not when I feel repentive or I feel sorry or I'm having a God moment. Oh my, okay, I repent. No, God wants us to die daily to ourselves. Why? Because our old self keeps rising up. Selfishness, judgmental, opinions, all these things, lust and things. Because see, the Bible says you were crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but yet not I, but Christ lives in me. I mortify the deeds of the flesh. Because this world will fill us with the desires of the flesh and the mind. We are bombarded night and day with TV, movie, magazines about lusts and cravings and desires and appetites. And in my generation, it used to be, if it feels good, do it. Remember that saying? <laughs> They've taken that to an extreme now. Not only does it feel good, we want you to accept it and uh, endorse it, but with, with things we used to do 10 years ago, and we used to be ashamed and want to hide from it, now they said, it's open. It's just my choice. It's just what I want to do. It's socially accepted. It's progressive thinking, Pastor. Progressive. Progression into what? <laughs> into hell? <laughs> Amen. And the last thing, respond to God's call with action. How, to, how do we respond to God in our devotions? We're supposed to say, yes, Lord. 
What do you have me to do? What do you want me to do, Lord? I will do it. Come on. We ask for the world from God, don't we? Lord, bless me. Lord, arrange things. Lord, uh, uh, change things that are around me. Heal me. Deliver me. Go over here. Take care of my wife. Take care of my children. Do it. And then what do we give God in exchange? Nothing. <laughs> but we should give to him, I want to be a better Christian. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better servant to you, Lord. That's what he wants from us, praise God. So we live in a two-way relationship with the Lord. He wants to bless us, and we should want to serve him out of the devotions of our heart. Amen? Let's bow our heads and just pray. Father, I just thank you that as we heard your word today of how you want to be with us and have devotions with us and impress us and speak to us, we want to yield to that right now in the name of Jesus. We want to sense your presence and your spirit moving amongst us, not only here, but when we leave here, when we go to our homes, that, Lord, we can have quiet times and quiet moments with you. We thank you for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If there's anyone here and you say, you know what, I just need a, a touch from God. I just need to know that, that God is with me. I just want you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you. I see, those, I see that hand. I see those hands. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's pray together. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for those that have raised their hand. I thank you that, Lord, you're touching them right now by your Spirit to be a deliverer and a conduit, Lord, for your blessings. I thank you that, Lord, you come and make a difference in their life, that they yield to you, Lord, the living God. And they can be like Gideon, not a scaredy cat anymore, but able to face life's problems, face life's difficulties and challenges with a joyful heart, knowing that you're going to give them favor in all that they do. We thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Just drink in that presence right now. Know that the Lord is here with you, that he knows your battles, he knows what you're facing, and he knows that he can give you the victory when you spend time with him. The Bible says that if you go into your prayer closet, if you go into a secret place, he will reward you openly. Amen.